You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. If you're into wellness and natural methods of treatment for pain, then I have an offer for you. Go to bodycheckwellness.com for high-quality hemp extract products. Products such as hemp oil-infused lotion and CBD muscle and joint roll-on are designed to promote wellness, balance, and recovery. Use the promo code OCS to get 25% off your CBD needs. Don't miss out on this great opportunity. Make sure you visit bodycheckwellness.com today. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiMeglio, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. It took me over 70 days total of asking on Twitter, but the hashtag asking for weeks campaign has ended in a success. That's right. Coming at you live from the podcast with some breaking news. Breaking news. I am here with Mr. Kevin Weeks. Kevin, I'm so grateful that you're here. Thanks so much for joining me. How are you? Enjoy, no problem, man. Thanks for the kind intro. I'm great. Hopefully the same for you and your family and all the uh, NHL and Ranger fans that are tuned in and that will end up tuning in. Hope everybody's enjoying the offseason and, and having themselves a lot of fun, but doing it in a safe, responsible way. Mm-hmm. We're, we love all of your content. We love that you played for the Rangers, that you made the speech at Henrik Lundqvist Garden Night, the retirement night. That was incredible. And we can't wait for the season to start, myself uh, th- included. Uh, thanks so much, man. Yeah, it's... Uh, very special to be a part of any NHL franchise for sure. Uh, the Rangers are the only original six team that I played for of the several teams that I played on. I enjoyed, you know, some stops more than others, but almost every stop. But playing for the New York Rangers was was really special, being an original six team with their heritage. Of course, the generations of fans, the the rich history, the tradition, what it means to so many hockey fans, what it means to so many Ranger fans, what it means to people in and around our sport, not only in Metro New York, uh, back home, but literally around the world. They're, they're a global brand. They mean so much. They represent so much. So um, it, it was an honor and a privilege to play for them. And it's an honor and a privilege to be involved in, in some of their business and charitable stuff, minor hockey, grassroots stuff. And of course, that memorable night uh, to speak on behalf of my great buddy, the great Henrik Lundqvist and his wife, Therese, and their family uh, was a huge honor and, and something that I'll always remember. I'm very grateful for. Yeah. And that, I mean, just being great. Speaking of being grateful for things, having you on the show, of course, is, is you know, I'm very grateful to have you here. But Thank it you. wouldn't be without, you know, the help of some of some of my friends, some uh, a part of a network, the Old City Sports Network. So I'm going to name drop them. Sure. All thanks to Jesse. Uh, he's a credential media by the Flyers and you know, all the other shows, Samantha, Kylie, all you guys, you guys, uh, if it weren't for you, then. This right here would not be happening, and uh, you know I'm just I'm just incredibly grateful that that you're here. Uh, and seventy plus days. What did you think of that pizza that uh, I took a picture of yesterday? Well, I couldn't see. You know, uh, sometimes social can kind of distort dimensions. So I don't know if that was a small or medium. But you know, I'm not a small or a medium. It looked good, 
but I'm not a small or a medium kind of pizza cat. You know what I mean? I'm gotcha. 6'2", 230, 225, or whatever I'm at now. So, you know, you, you might need a few more slices in there. It looked good, but I don't know if that was an eight slicer or if that's a, we might have to get that to a 10 or 12 level. So at least you can share some slices with the family. You know what I'm saying? But it's a good start. You, you're getting your toes wet in the Hudson. It's a good start by you. <laughs> You know, what's funny is we were going to, you know, make the pizza, take the picture of it and then sell it for slices. We cut it all up and within like an hour, it was already gone. Like all the guys in the store had it. My dad had a, a few slices. I had a slice. My uncle had a slice. Yep. Yeah. So it was just, we didn't even get a chance to, we were going to call it the week special and uh, we didn't get to, we didn't get the chance to, to sell it. Maybe we'll have to make it again. You didn't even get the chance to sell it. You didn't get the chance to say it because you guys stuffed your face with it so quickly by what you <laughs> That's my exact point. That's my that's that's exactly what I mean. So we need a little bit more to work with. I, I like what I saw. It's a good, you know, a good foothold. It's a good start. But we can elevate it to the next level. And, hey, we can then distribute a few slices to people that qualify for them. All right. That sounds good. Yeah, we're going to make it. We've got a bigger pan and then cut it into more slices, maybe 24, maybe. The, now you're talking. Maybe. And now you're giving us some options. You know, you sound yeah. like some teams with the salary cap. You're like, the salary cap, the salary cap, the salary. Hey, man, we know what it is. But, you know, there's a large pizza, there's an extra large, and there's a party size. What are we rolling with here? So, you know, the Rangers always roll party size style. That's the way the Rangers roll. roll. Like, it's always top level when it comes to that. So we, we got to keep it on brand. For sure, for sure. And uh, moving into our next topic, it is Ice Cold Takes Tradition to yeah. ask how our guests started their careers. Yeah. Growing up every morning before school, I'd watch reruns of NHL on the fly and NHL tonight. And yeah, and you know, I would catch all the highlights of not only the Rangers of the game that I had the only game that I had watched, but all the other games that I had missed so that I stayed up to date with, you know, what's going on around the league. And you were always there, of course. And it would show the graphic like Kevin Weeks, former NHL goaltender played for the New York Rangers. And I thought that was so cool. And, you know, whenever I saw like an analyst and it said, you know, played for the Rangers, whatever they said, it was always right. And nobody else could, no one else was, uh, that was just how I was when I was, uh, when I was little. So it was really cool to see you there, but was becoming an analyst something you had envisioned following your career? Or is that something that just happened as soon as you retired? Yeah, no, thanks for the kind words and appreciate that you watch NHL network. And that's a part of your routine that that's really humbling. So thank you for that. Uh, with you having watched it as a youngster, as you're saying, before going to school and watching NHL on the fly, the overnight show, um, you never know who's watching. My parents always told me that since I was young, as a young player, let alone now as an analyst and, and a broadcaster. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say what happened was, if you're trying to get to the analyst side of things, I'd already played pro 14 years, 11 and change of those at the, at the NHL level. You know, I ended up playing, being, in, I think, in uniform for 735 NHL games. And then, I think, plus my games in the American League and the IHL. In short, put it this way, I was in uniform for over 1,000 pro games. As a goalie, it's a lot of games. And all things being equal, what ended up happening was I was told at the time that, hey, I would garner interest in different teams. So, for example, Philly and a few other teams that were looking for a veteran goalie that can back up that can come in there and compliment their number one guy, be a mentor to the younger, the, the number one younger guy and continue playing. And literally we're at, we were at home in Barbados. And I stay at home because my parents were Bajan. My parents are from Barbados originally, although they live in Toronto now, but we were there at the time and 
I remember all these windows closing. I had my phone. We're on a boat. We're literally on a catamaran. And I see all these windows closing. You know, I'm online. I'm on TSN. I'm on everything else. I see all these guys going all these places. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, it just seemed like opportunity after opportunity was, was starting to shut down. Because, you know, there are only so many seats, right? There are only so many chairs. 62 chairs for an NHL goalie. 62 around the world. That's it. Out of 8 billion people. And, you know, if you're a 3-4 guy, maybe you might get called up. Maybe there's an opportunity due to injury. But for every day NHL, there's just 62 seats. And at that point, they started going. And there, were, there might have been maybe eight or seven that were possible for me at the time. And they started getting gobbled up. And I'm like, what's going on? And literally, I had Andre Trefilov, former NHL goalie. We played together in, in the IHL with the Detroit Vipers and the Minors for uh, Steve Ludzing and, and, my, and my other buddy, John Torchetti. And he had already been in the show. We had a great run down there. But he ends up calling me out of nowhere uh, from Russia. And basically, he's like, Wixi, Trefi. I hadn't talked to this guy. And at that time, it would have been like 15 years, even though we were goalie partners. So he called me. He's like, Wixi, Trefi, you want to come to Russia? 2.5 million. I was blown away that he called because I hadn't heard from him. So he hangs up. I'm like, Trefi, I got to talk about it with my family. Let's see. He calls back, Wix, you want to come Russia? Two million. I'm like, holy shoot, two. We're down 500 grand. He calls back again, Wixi, you want to come back Russia? One five. So now it's a de escalating negotiation. He's basically talked me down a uh, million dollars with three phone calls. And at that point, I'm like, man, this seems, I don't know, this seems odd. I like Treffy, but something's off with this deal. It seems weird. Talking through with my family, and my phone just starts ringing. It just, I don't know if it was serendipitous, but it seemed a little too connected. My phone starts ringing, and it's TV networks, MSG there in New York, NBC, NHL Network, CBC Hockey Night in Canada, out of the blue, literally. And uh, I had done some things in broadcasting along the way as a player and had some, you know, some experiences with it. In the back of my mind, it was an option. But after those phone calls, it started to move kind of further up to closer to the front of the line. And ultimately, my family and I made a decision. I was going to transition into what was going to become my second career in TV. And I literally was juggling two or three networks, Hockey Night in Canada, who I'm always grateful to, to Shirelli Najak that hired me there, and, and the great John Shannon as well. Uh, NHL Network, Mark Jacobson up in Toronto when NHL Network was in Toronto. And, and then uh, over at, at MSG, Dan Ronane. And all three of them were great to me. They believed in me. They gave me the opportunity. And quite frankly, I jumped out of the blocks. Nobody knew it was coming. I was juggling three broadcast jobs. And I transitioned. And I respected it right from the outset the same way I did playing. I wanted to be good. I wanted to be great. I wanted to work hard. I wanted to serve the fan, serve the viewer, serve the players because the players are the product. And that's kind of the way it went from there on the on the TV side. Yeah. And, I mean, you keep you're keeping up and – you're always you're always there, and seeing you on ESPN now is is great too. With the the show, the it's the point, right? Yeah, the point. We have a bunch of different shows, but yeah, that's that's one of the dailies. Yep. No, you nailed it. That's one of the daily afternoon shows. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's no shortage of excitement for you, I'm guessing, right? It never stops. It never, never. stops. Twenty four seven. It's I. You know, it's between NHL Network, ESPN, some TSN, some TSN stuff for back home in TSN, who do amazing work. Um, their man there, Steve Dryden, who's the man who's also been very, very nice and, and very supportive. So, and then also social, social is a channel, social media, digital, 
it's a channel, my own stuff, breaking news, all the rest of it. Uh, keep an eye on all the other things and trying to keep the fans and the players and, and our stakeholders informed and, and, and really trying to lean into the games played only two to three hours a day, man. There's another 21 hours on the clock yeah. where there's transactions happening. There are things happening. There are discussions that are being that are taking place. And ultimately, all of us in the business and all the amazing hockey fans out there crave that. You know what I mean? So maybe for us, for you and I, we're in New York and New Jersey, and it's it's uh, it might be 12 noon. But over in Czech Republic or over in, in Russia or Switzerland or whatever, it might be 6 or Germany. I'm talking to my buddies in all those places, and it might be 6 p.m. their time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so, so the cycle, the cycle never stops of information and transactions and movement and discussion. So I just try to bring some of that to the fans and, and to our amazing NHL and Ranger and, and hockey fans around the world in any way I can. Yeah, and people want to know about that stuff. There's the diehard Rangers fans that want to know, you know, who's talking to who, you know, if Chris Drury's on the draft floor talking to another GM. Totally. And yeah, and I think people appreciate the excitement that you bring Thank when you. breaking breaking your news. And, you know, I talked, I had the privilege of, of speaking to Emily Kaplan mm -hmm. uh, during the Eastern Conference Finals, actually. And she had called you, she referred to you as Mr. Wide World of Sports. And I think that's just such a fitting name for you. Thank you. You should put, put that as uh, one of your aliases, like. Well, That's thanks to M for that kind for that uh, those kind words, and thanks to you for that, especially as somebody that grew up watching Wild Wilder Sports. So I'm a little yeah. old with you, but uh, no, I appreciate that. That's super kind. Thank you guys. Yeah, and um, you went viral around the trade deadline with your iconic trade announcement videos. How did you come up with with that idea of breaking a trade in a different place every single time? Basically, it kind of goes back. There's an authenticity to it as well. I mean, largely because, as I mentioned, like I'm talking to you now, and you know, we're on StreamYard, so it's a little bit difficult for me to check my phone, but I would literally be checking my phone all the time. And and one thing I know is the world of sports is way bigger than me and bigger than any one of us, bigger than Jordan, Kobe, Gretzky, Sid, McDavid. The world of sport, Ronaldo, it's bigger than all of us. We're just fortunate to, to play whatever roles we play within that. And that being said, nobody's waiting for me to get comfortable, get on the sectional, go outside in the balcony, go up on the rooftop deck, go in the backyard, go to the pool, hold the palm trees, drink a coconut and say, okay, weeks, we have news for you. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work on my timeline. You know, it works on the cycle of the way in which things are transacted. Right. And, and ultimately I, I can just do my best to be ready for those times. You know what I'm saying? So I got to be available when the news is happening. What literally, whether it's uh, you're at the barbershop, which I was, whether you're getting a massage, literally the trade the day before trade deadline, my wife and I were at getting a massage in Jersey out by our place. And I had something to break before I got in there on the street after we parked. And then another one, literally once we got in, we're signing our forms to prior to our massage in the, in the massage uh, place as well. So I've had it on the highway on I-84, like it literally has happened <laughs> everywhere. So you know, I want to be able, as I said, I want to be able to get that news to the to the hockey world, to the sports fan, to the hockey fan, to the players and everybody that creates it uh, in a way that's that's as accurate as I can, uh, clearly as quickly and as factual as I can. And that's kind of how that started. And in addition to that, you know, my wife and I talked about it. She's a global creative uh, CMO for a big global company that does about 22, 25, actually a billion euro. So she does marketing you know she's one of the top people in the world at her job works on madison avenue 
so we kind of had some fun with it. And she's like, just, just have fun with it. Just lean into it because you are all those places. You're doing all those things. Um, if the news comes, just break it and have fun. That's your personality. A lot of people can only see my personality for as much as the platform will allow if I'm on traditional media or for as much time as I may have in a segment on said platform. But this way, it's my iPhone and, you know, I have the creative control, the editorial control to to show as much of my personality as possible, as I said, to be able to resonate with the amazing fans that we have and bring them that news. So it truly was an organic, you know, yeah. experience. Like yeah. wherever wherever you were, it was you're you're looking on the phone, so you may be doing something else, you may be busy with something else, but you yeah. have to stop and address that breaking news. Correct. So exactly, because you know, again, so let's just say, I don't know, I'm making oatmeal or I'm in the gym at the house working out or whatever. I don't know. I'm on a boat here at our place in Miami. Like you could be doing anything. I'm not arrogant enough to think that the world runs on my watch. You know, the hockey world doesn't run on Sid's watch. As I said, McKinnon's Macars. it's, it's a big machine, man. And, and within that whole sports ecosystem, things are happening. Discussions are happening. You don't know when Joe Sack is talking to a rival GM. You don't know when Lou Lamorello is then talking to somebody else's agent. You're not sure then when Chris Drury, for example, um, he's having discussions around a potential deal. Let's say, as I said from the first, I was the first one to say it, for a potential, hear me out fans, potential deal for Pat, for Patrick Kane from Chicago. Like You don't know when those conversations are taking place. In other words, they're not scripted. We don't have like a, a timesheet, a call sheet. There's no schedule when those things happen. You know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, Chicago calls Drew. Drew picks up the phone. Hey, man, what do you got? Oh, okay, all right. Well, here's what I'm thinking. Like, they're all organic. So it, it's important to for me anyways that I can speak to to be fluid and to be available and to be authentic. There's times I'm in bed. There's times, and I'm not a sleeper, really, but there's times I'm in bed. There's so many different times and weird instances. So I want to keep it appropriate because we have a big audience. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we I, I have a lot of fun with it. And quite frankly, and I appreciate you asking, you know, at this point now, it's uh, it's well over 20 million impressions. I think it's actually 25 million impressions. Wow. Since uh, since the trade deadline and even prior to. But I'll just use that window to reference what you said earlier. And and at this point, uh, certainly north of seven, eight million viewers as well. So it, it's nothing without the amazing fans. You know, the, the fans are the ones and, of course, the amazing players because they're the product. As I like to say, man, I like to be the bridge between the product, which is the players, and, of course, the amazing fans that are out there and just try to bridge that gap. And then, of course, our corporate partners and our other people that are in the business as well for team and club personnel. But I just try to be that vessel, that vehicle between everybody and just try to provide insight and information and be entertaining. And look, man, we're competing for attention in the world today, right? You know that. I know that. You're doing your thing here on Ice Cold Takes we have so many things available to us that I never had. I'm 47 that we never had as a kid. You know what I mean? Like compete mm-hmm. for your attention and people's attention. And now that's why I'm saying there's so many different ways to serve the fan, to serve the viewer listener. They're so hungry. We're all hungry for info. You know what I mean? It's, it's like a 24 seven thing. Like last night, I'm like, okay, man, before I go to bed, let me go on ESPN plus. Let me see what happened. Let, let me, let me read up on ESPN.com. Did Ronaldo score for Man U last night? How many minutes did he play? I can't believe Ten Hag had him on the bench. Him and Harry Maguire, they didn't start them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. stop consuming it. And remember this. We can get back to my start in the game. But remember this. I was always a fan long before I became 
um, you know, an NHL player, a broadcaster. I started as a fan at four years old. So I know what that journey is like and kind of living in both worlds. So it's pretty interesting. It's really cool. And, you know, it seems you, you said that you enjoyed, you know, breaking the trades. It was organic. It was fun for you. It was certainly fun for fans too. I'm sure you saw all of the memes people made of you <laughs> photoshopped in even more preposterous locations. Did you have a favorite one in particular of those memes? Man, first of all, I got to thank the fans. As I said, I want to keep echoing that because they're the ones that give this so much juice and, and also the different people and some of the uh, some of the folks I work with behind the scenes as well that, you know, some of my trusted sources, I, I, I value them. I can't even tell you how much. So that's important. But as far as the memes go from the fans, there's so many creative ones. I saw one with like a Batman cave and a bat signal with yeah. me and bat signal. I've seen some with me on space, like in on, on Mars or shows you what I know about space stuff, but literally like on Mars or uh, like one of the planets, like there's so, then they had one with me as an astronaut going up to, or being in space, which was hilarious. So I laugh about them. I'll often repost them. So you NHL fans, as long as they're appropriate, please continue posting them and tag me on them because I'll share whichever ones, you know, I get around to and that I find super funny, but it's pretty cool because you get to see people's creativity. And as I said, you know, there's, this isn't lost on me, right? Like I knew this as a player and I'll say the same thing as a broadcaster, TV, multimedia personality. At any point in time, you could be impacting somebody in in any positive way at any point in time around the globe, right? So who knows? You might be with your Nona, you might be making sauce. I don't know. Maybe it's sauce time. You're jarring your sauce. You know what I'm saying? Maybe your, your, your Nona is making wine. I don't know. Maybe it's your cousin over in Milan or somebody that just finished watching Inter Milan, but they love the Rangers. Now they're tuned in on their cell phone. There could be, and I've had instances like what I'm saying, there's people that are deployed for our armed forces. They're on location. You're in Afghanistan. You're in, you know, some really difficult situations in other places, hostile environments. And I'll get DMs. are like, Hey, weeks I'm with, you know, um, whatever, 101st airborne We're whatever, blah, 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 blah. Just want to let you know, I watched the game last night or I watched the network. I saw your breaking news. People could be in the hospital. There's so many different things where life continues to happen to every single one of us. As you asked me with the breaking news, on the opposite end of that, be it games, be it breaking news, be it information. But we all have lives to live and you never know how you're able to impact uh, somebody's life by way of that. Just like you with your podcast, right? Mm -hmm. You you don't know when somebody's people tune in live, but you don't know when people are going to watch the replay. And maybe they're at Walter Reed in, in D.C., you know, and maybe they sustain some injuries in Syria or whatever. You don't know. So that is really a huge privilege. And that's the human part of it that means so much for me. It's all about those little moments that you spend with the people that make you feel the most happy. So for you, it's, you know, the people that you get to interact with, your family, yep. uh, breaking the news and stuff, being that vessel, like you said. Yep. I feel like that's really important. And, you know, to... To go back to towards your playing career, I'm sure you had a lot of moments with Benoit Allaire yeah. that I wanted to, to ask you about. So I've talked to a lot of people about how much of a difference Benoit Allaire has made on Ranger goaltenders. But I yeah. want to ask you, what would you say is the thing that stands out the most from you know maybe other goal te- goalie coaches that you've, you've been with? You played with a lot of teams. Yeah. And how, what's his best trait that you know, makes him so successful, that makes him such a great teacher, that he's helped Lundqvist over the years that even Igor Shosturkin, who just won his first career Vesna trophy this past season. 
I'll get goosebumps talking about it, but I don't know if you saw the NHL awards when I co-presented the Vesna. And in co-presenting the Vesna, I, of course, named the winner Igor Shishirkin. And I said, and l'entraîneur de gardien, which is goalie coach in French, Benoit Lair. So I named That's what I think of him. Nobody's ever done that before in presenting a Vesna. Uh, And I'm not saying that to grandstand. I'm just telling you, Firsthand, I know what Benoit means. I know what he's meant to the position. I know what him, his, him and his brother, Francois Lair, have meant. Uh, there's a growing movement from a lot of us in the, in the goalie community that they deserve to be Hall of Famers. They've earned the right to be Hall of Famers when it's all said and done. They've done an amazing job. Francois is right now the head of the goalie department down here in Florida with the Panthers. Benoit, of course, likewise with, with the Rangers. And quite frankly, I'm going to put it to you this way. A lot of people don't understand this, so I'm going to simplify it. As far as his best traits, I'd probably say two of them are his patience and I would then say his constant evolution. Not everybody can evolve. The game changes. The game evolves. Rule changes. Player changes. Players are more skilled. They're more creative. All these different variables that you have and this advance between the shooter and the goalie. It's the ultimate cat and mouse game. So you as a goalie now have to be lockstep with what the shooters are doing, with the way they're thinking in their offensive sequences, the way they see the game, what their skills are, how they can execute these plays. If you don't evolve, and if Benoit never evolved, then he wouldn't have been able to have the run of success that he's had through different eras and different you know, kind of time periods in the game. So that those are major traits to me for him, that and his patience. It takes so much patience being a goalie coach because every goalie has done what they have done to play at an elite level has done what, you know, believed in their skill set and their own game and their own talent, their ability and their their traits to be top of top, you know, whether it's on, you know, U.S. women's Olympic team or U.S. U18 women's team or men's world junior or world championship, national hockey, you name it, right? For those of us that have played elite and those that are still playing elite or those that have, we understand that. But his patience to be able to, allow a goalie to play to their strengths, maybe make some subtle changes. It's been amazing. And I'll say this. Here's where I'm going to get to the meat. Not that that's all sizzle. There's steak there too, but I'm going to get to the big part of the steak for the Ranger fans. I'm telling you right now, the Rangers did a renovation at the Garden for a billion dollars. As our man, a former Ranger, my my fellow former Ranger, Aaron Voros always says to Hank, it's like, Hanky, you're at the heart of that billion-dollar renovation. And as I said in the speech, there's a lot of greats that have played and performed at the Garden. Conor McGregor, uh, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Hove. I, I can go up and down. Fat Joe, every you know, any genre you want, any boxers, you name it. UFC, Billy Joel, Piano Man. The one act that was at the Garden for 15 years straight was a Henrik Lundqvist act within the New York Rangers. And had not for him and Ben Waller, that billion-dollar renovation would have never happened. So to me, if you're asking me, if I'm Mr. Dolan or if I'm anybody with the Rangers, obviously Hanky's still a part of the organization, as he should be. Next stop for Hank is the, is the Hall of Fame. But if I'm anyone, I look at a billion-dollar valuation and I see a goalie coach and the head of goalie department and Ben Waller, it would be a blank check. I just told you a billion plus dollars. So you're not getting that without goaltending like you got from Henrik, and then you're not getting those rounds. 
And whether it was Cam Talbot, whether it was Marty Biron, whether it was Georgiev, any of those guys, any one of us, Valley, any one of us that contributed to some wins along the way, Hank is the main man there. And now you successfully transition from Hank to Igor Shishurkin, who wins a Vesna this quickly, who's playing at the same level Hank played at, obviously, over his 15-year career. That's absolutely unheard of. Like, name a football team, maybe the Packers after the retirement of Brett Favre, and you have Aaron Rodgers come in there, and he's another unicorn. But... In an individualized position like goaltending or quarterback, that doesn't happen, man. That's very rare, especially in today's world. So to me, Benny Allaire, it, he's worth a blank check every year. I'd pay him off the books. I'd do whatever I could. Buy him a house, do whatever else, man, if I was Mr. Dolan. And I'm not suggesting that he doesn't pay him well. I'm just saying when you look at the success that the Rangers have had through Hank's era with all those teams, then now turning the page now to Igor and these teams now, uh, the one constant has also been Ben Waller. So uh, I think that that would, that further cements his, uh, his greatness and his impact on the position, but also on the Rangers and, and, and on the franchise. So Ben Waller is worth a blank check. That's your ice cold take for the week. Blank check, bro. Because here's the thing, you know what? So, so imagine, right? Like you're playing, you're playing mini sticks, you're playing street hockey, you're playing floor hockey, gym class, you're playing, pick up open skate shinny whatever you want to call it whatever denomination everybody tells you no goalie no chance <laughs> f man no goalie we can't do it we don't have a goalie we can't go any well what it's the world's most famous arena bro if you don't like the most famous arena in the world if you don't have a goalie that can not only win not only help you win but can steal games like if you look at the underlying metrics this past year or these past years with what igor's done it's beyond off the charts it's beyond. It's literally beyond. And to run a 940 at times save percentage, 939, 938, playing in New York, as I said during Hank's speech that night, to be able to do what those guys have done and Hank did over his entire career, but what Igor has done so far in his early career with the Rangers, it's mind-blowing. And again, you're, you, you don't have a goaltender that's elite. You can't win those games. You don't get into those playoff rounds. You don't go those rounds. You're not getting all that playoff revenue. Your sponsorship revenue isn't of the same scale. It's always going to be big cake because it's New York, man. Come on. We're the Mecca, but you're not touching the clouds with your fingertips on all those areas without great goaltending and, and great goalies and good goalies along the way and Ben Waller's tutelage. And you mentioned Hall of Fame for yeah. Henrik Lundqvist. And you mentioned it just now. You mentioned it the night his number got raised to the Garden Rafters. And I wanted to ask you, is he worthy – immediately we know he is worthy of the hall of fame and that he will be a hall of famer but is it going to be immediate it better you know, be. sometimes yeah sometimes it's you know they it's the first year of eligibility in other I, sports that they don't go in right away i think yeah i think one should go in the first, first That's year a, right yeah i mean look man when you do what he's what he was able to accomplish over 15 years the international resume um, as well winning at home in sweden swedish elite league winning olympic gold uh, in the Olympics for Team Sweden, playing for, for country, everything he did with his club team at the Rangers, being that consistent. I think he's sixth all-time in career wins, if I'm not mistaken, uh, by a goalie all those years, winning a Vesna, that longevity, that level of greatness, that level of high performance. Then you have the humanitarian part with all the charitable work, everything. He was an international and is an international superstar and icon in our league. In, in his own way as a player. And, and now he's finding his way too as an analyst. And I think he does an excellent job 
And aside from the fact that we're boys, I'm just speaking objectively and telling you that the case for him, if I were on any committee, let alone a Hall of Fame committee, is a slam dunk. So I I would expect that in his first year of eligibility, he'll be named. And if not, it'll be shortly thereafter. But, uh, you know, I look forward to him having his ceremony in my hometown of Toronto down at Young and Front Street at the Hockey Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. And hopefully that's sooner rather than later. And also he, persistence too. You have to remember yeah. where he was drafted, seventh round, like yeah. in 2000. That was, you know, seventh late round picks. They're always great stories. Some of the best players that have ever, you know, yeah. touched ice. Marty St. Louis, Matt Zuccarello, Henrik Lundqvist, all guys that were either undrafted or drafted late round. Pavel Datsuk, Henrik Zetterberg. Yeah. Those guys, you know, Told if you me. want to write a definition for persistence, you could put those guys' names in the dictionary definition for persistence because, you know, it takes a lot of work to, to go from almost not being drafted at all to being one of the greatest players of all time. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no question. It, it's This is kind of – I was just having this conversation before, uh, literally here at home. Like, this is part of the thing. Everybody says, hey, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. It should be, it could be. There's some of us that go out and work for that to make that happen, you know? And, and in a guy like Henrik, he's one of those people where it wasn't, it wasn't about – this is why people always mis, misunderstood Henrik because a lot of people couldn't get past the hair gel and the suits and all that stuff, which is a big part of him too. It's true. A lot of people couldn't get past it. They, they, but in doing that, you're doing him a disservice because you're not valuing him on the whole for all that he brings to the table. You know what I mean? And I've asked him this numerous times. I'm like, Hanky, for you, what's the biggest thing? He's like, my competitiveness. I'll tell you a story. I may have said this during the speech. I don't know, because I was blanked out. I was so in the moment, too. It was such a big night. We had the whole world watching the Garden, all the Ranger faithful and NHL faithful and hockey people and sports people and literally from around the world. And quite frankly, he could have chosen his other buddy, Jimmy Fallon, or his other buddy, John McEnroe, or anybody else to speak on behalf of him and his family. And it was humbling that alongside the great Sam Rosen, he, he, and they chose me to speak on their behalf. A huge honor and a huge privilege. And I would say this. He did so much more than people thought and people believed in, in terms of the grunt work that he did on a day-to-day basis, long after he arrived on Broadway, long after he hit it out of the park on Broadway, long after he got the first big contract, long after everybody's chanting King Henrik. It's a lot of the stuff he was doing in the dark that people didn't know. So driving up to the practice rink, getting on the ice early with Benoit Lair every day, regardless, doing the extra work with Benoit Lair, taking care of his body, getting treatment, getting you know medical, doing this, being in shape, eating a certain way, doing all these different things, uh, working on his mental side of the game. People don't realize, you go back and you watch video of Hank, his first year in 05-06, look at it three years later, look at it two years later, look at it uh, four years later. He made all these different adjustments, him and Benny, to his game, and he kept evolving. And again, I just had this conversation, and this is where me and people kind of go sideways. Like, the, the best goalie in the world's most famous arena is making adjustments. Who is anybody else to not? It's pretty, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you say something, it's like, ah, what do you mean? I don't know. Well, hey, man, I don't know. Hank just had whatever, six shutouts, this, 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 and blah, blah, blah. He won the Vesna, and he's working on changing his stance. He's working on changing his glove. He's working on his glove position. You know, he's working on now he can't stay deep all the time. Now he has to know when he can come out and challenge. You know, on, on dead angle plays, 
He's standing more with his body upright like Jose Theodore, so he looks taller to the shooter instead of being crouched and, and being smaller in terms of the, the eye to the shooter at the wrong time. All these different things were adjustment, adjustment, adjustment. Just with that insatiable hunger, I want to get better, I want to get better, I want to get better. And Benny Allaire always says, do more, get more, do more, get more. So to Hank and Benny's credit, there was an open-mindedness from Henrik as much as he was knocking out of the park on the main you know, arena stage in the world. He was still always searching for ways to get better. And nothing better than this story will tell you. I remember specifically now getting to the story during he had just had his open heart surgery. And it's 40-something days. We were just at dinner, me, him, and Boros in the city the night before. I got off the NHL network early. I went to dinner with him. And all of a sudden, the next freaking day, this clown, and I'm joking around when I say that, he now has pictures of him with goalie pads and goalie gear going to some arena. And it looks like he's by the GW Bridge and it's on Instagram. I'm like, bro, what the f- Like, are you serious, bro? <laughs> like, I was just with you last night. Who, who are you? Like, you're just skating now? Like, out of nowhere? You don't want to? I was with you at dinner. You don't want to tell me you're skating? So anyways, I grill him. I'm literally grilling him, right? I'm like, bro, come on, man. So he's like, yeah, da-da-da-da-da. I'm skating tomorrow. I'm like, I'm on the earth. I'm showing up there tomorrow morning in your skate. Where is it? He gives me the coordinates. I show up. (laughs) He opens the door. We, it's a private rink. We get into the door. We get into the rink. My mind's blown because it's a private rink that looks like a house. First thing. He opens the door like in his, his pants, hockey pants on, like all of his lower stuff. He opens the door. I go in. I'm like, what is this? What's going on? You just came out of open heart surgery. And I swear to God, he told me he was down a shooter. If I could bring a shooter stick and shooter gloves, I have my goalie skates and a sweatsuit. I'm not kidding you. This guy looked like the same guy that I saw all those years play. This is 42 or whatever it was, 43 days out of open heart surgery. Went through the same on ice routine, the same warm up, the same goalie skating drills, the same movement drills, got in the net, did the same warm up drills, and went through an hour, hour 10, had a heart rate monitor on his arm, would take off his blocker or glover, whichever I can recall, to look at the heart rate monitor because he had to stay beneath a certain threshold. And I'm watching this guy, and I'm like, you're a superhero. You're, you're, it almost makes me emotional saying it now. Like, we could have lost him to the heart defect that he had, and he gets it corrected, and here he is on the ice. He's not even in the garden. He's in a privately owned rink in, New, in, in, in the New York area trying to regain his game, and it doesn't look like he's lost his game, and he's coming out of heart surgery. And all with the hunger of wanting to play that year. And had not for some of the complications, you know, down the line, post-surgery and some medication stuff. It's it's his journey to speak about. I don't want to go into detail and, and, you know, respect for our confidence and our friendship. But had not for that, he might still be playing. That's what's mind-blowing. So if you want to know anything about Hank, you can look at the Aston Martins. You could look at the Range Rovers and the hair and the suits and playing guitar, which is also amazing, and all these amazing things that he's done. But to me, that story, for any of the listeners, and for me as a former teammate and friend, that story tells you who he is and what he's all about. See, to me, a lot of people point to, oh, it's it stinks that you know Hank never got the chance to win a cup. He had the one opportunity in 2014. But yeah. no, a- after hearing that story, I kind of feel like I'm almost happier that about that than – the fact that, you know, if he ever won a cup, just that, that, that dedication 
oh. to that drive is I'm just talking it's about so how, how do you say it's a one of a kind it's so unique and yeah. i really can't think of anybody else that has that that same kind that's up there with one of the with the elite athletes of all time like the jordan the tom brady you have to it's it's got to be because that's just incredible 40 days out of open heart surgery i remember seeing the pictures in the the videos on uh on his social medias of of him you know on the ice skating i just didn't know you know that he had never told you or that you were there and that how that's how dedicated he was he just took it like it was just another day another day in the life of henrik lundquist yeah and another day in the quest of greatness right mm -hmm. and another day being applied to greatness no excuse making no yeah but yeah but i thought i thought yeah but it was ah uh, ah uh, uh. no like get my gear put it in the aston put it in the range get to the rink you know you still have clearly the incision and everything else that's his journey to speak about but for him to then do that and be that dedicated and then that applied that 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 tells you everything like there's nothing and not and not suggesting that it's easy on a regular night at the garden it's almost impossible to be an nhl goalie man it's it's even almost further impossible to be an nhl great as a goalie and that's when everything's rolling and you're going and you're making big saves you make 42 you let in two you stop 40 the fans are on their feet the billboards in the garden, everybody's chanting Henrik, Henrik, you know, whatever. But to me, I saw even more greatness to where the fans weren't there to chant, to where you weren't under that iconic garden ceiling, to where you didn't have the buzz of Penn Station and everybody coming out and get your programs, Rangers tickets, whatever, everything going on, concession, vendors, everybody buzzing around the garden, the, the taxis going up and down. You know what I mean? I'm getting goosebumps painting the picture like I'm a movie producer, but that's the reality. I saw him approach it the same way when no one was there, when he was down and out, when the chips were down, when it was dark and lonely, when he didn't know if he'd be able to, you know, how he would recover from open heart surgery. And he just approached it like he was going to the garden or the practice facility up in Terrytown and was in the same zone and had the same application and the same hunger and desire when no one was around and it seemed like it was a bleak impossibility. He was still there chasing it, getting after it. I'll never forget that. The love for the fans have for Henrik Lundqvist, I feel is certainly transferred over to the next goalie to take the reins, to yeah. take the throne in Igor Shesterkin, no doubt. who helped the Rangers make a deep run this year, making it to the conference finals. If it weren't for him, no chance the Rangers, I don't even think they would have made the playoffs if it weren't for Shesterkin. Such an unbelievable season. But do you think there's a chance the Rangers can do it all over again this season and possibly make it further to the cup finals with the improvements that they've made? Minor adjustments, but albeit improvements nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, look, you're, you're cooking with gas anytime you have a goalie of that magnitude. Like we just talked about it with Hank, to be that for so long, for 15 years, and, and to be that dominant. Pardon me, at the position, you have that in Igor already this, at this point for the time that he's played historic numbers that he's been able to run and he just does things that you don't expect and not only keep you in games and give you a chance to win which is what Benny always says give us a chance just give us a chance give the guys a chance give the guys a chance but he steals games Igor stole so many games last year I mean you know um, you look at the metrics and saves above expected or however you want to interpret it goals above expected saves above expected any of the underlying metrics they're off the charts all of the you know the regular metrics, save percentage, 
penalty kill, like power play save percentage, all those other things, just like mind boggling what he's able to do. Uh, we were at the guard. I try to get there. My schedules and both of us have crazy work schedules, but we try to get there you know, between 10 to 15 times a year. And we stand on the glass and watch because I never want to forget how hard it is to play and always want to have that appreciation and watching him exactly from the same vantage point that I would watch Hank from. It's crazy to see. So can they go far and go on another run, even get further? Why not? Uh, when you have a goalie like that, anything is possible. All things are possible. So uh, I don't count them out from being able to go on another run. Uh, Panarin is great. Obviously, Foxy's awesome. I can go up and down. Kreid's had a huge year. If everybody plays the way they're capable of playing, uh, and Sammy Blade being healthy again on that, you know, in the bottom six, Revo, I can go up. Like, they've got some nice pieces I think they can go on a run again. Anytime you have a goalie like that, anything is possible. And, you know, keeping, keeping the Rangers in games, that's mm -hmm. with that being the big thing, you know, yep. the Rangers yep. need offense too to, to get you to win those games. And a lot of people, a lot of fans are, you know, kind of getting a little impatient about the young guys on the Rangers, like Lafreniere, Kako, Hito. When are they going to break out? What do you think of those guys? You think this is the I, year I, that they put it all together? I love them in the playoffs. I thought the kid line was amazing. They gave them not only energy, but a lot of production. They had zone time. They looked quicker. They played with more, uh, more confidence with the puck on the puck. When they didn't have the puck, they were able to work hard to get it back, which a lot of young offensive players don't necessarily want to do. But they did that. I feel like the way they were able to grab hold of the of a role and in the performance that they had in their roles as a trio in the postseason, that should give any of those guys confidence. I remember our playoff run with the and our Stanley Cup run in 02 with the Carolina Hurricanes. Like even prior to that, I had played well. I had stretches where I played well. I had stretches where I was really hot. I had somewhere I was pretty good, somewhere I was okay. But coming after that playoff run, I felt like I could stare down anyone. I could go head to head with any goalie, whether it was Marty, whether it was my, you know, my guys, Marty, Roberto, uh, whoever, you name it, any of the guys that were in the league, Belfour, any of those greats, Patrick Waugh, I knew that down to the other end, I could go toe to toe with them. Those guys are amazing. They're all otherworldly, like I said, superhero superstars. But the point I'm making is after you go on a run like that, I was able to extract a lot of that confidence in my individual game. So I'm curious to see if those guys do, but they should because matchups didn't matter to them. They didn't, you know, they really flourished under the under the playoff intensity and the physicality. None of them were shy. They they were physical. They were making plays in traffic. So I'm expecting all three of them, and I don't know if he's going to uh, reunite them as a line. It'll depend on how camp and preseason goes, but I'm expecting all three of those guys, based on my experience having a year we have a lot of success as a team and individually in a postseason, I'm expecting them to take that and translate that to their game right off the hop this year uh, from the opening puck drop. That's what I'm expecting. That's a good, that's a good comparison. How when you were playing in 2002, when you went to the finals with, with the hurricanes, you know, you went up against the, the red wings who put so, together some of like one of the all time greatest teams sports. Yeah, to ever be to ever be assembled, and then yep. you know, compared to Lafreniere, Kako, Hedl, who had gone up against the two times defending Stanley Cup champions, it's kind of similar. Where it's just you know the odds are stacked against you, but you still you're still playing at a, an elite level. You're still playing at a, a high level with a lot of confidence, a lot of energy, and a lot of focus. Yeah, and um, 
yeah, I guess, I guess that's a, that's a good way to look at it is, you know, extracting that confidence that they had in the playoffs. Look at the guys they played against. Look at the teams, Rangers and backdoor their way into the playoffs. Like look at the teams they played. You know what I mean? Like that's, mm-hmm. you played against cup winning teams like that. That's not easy. And teams that had veteran players, teams that have Hall of Fame players, Latang, Sid, Gino. Like, I can go up and down. You know, obviously, Tampa, Stammer, Vasilevsky, Hedman, Kucherov. Like, the, yeah. <laughs> those are the best in the world at what they do, a lot of those guys. You know what I mean? Uh, Ovi, Backstrom. Like, come on now. Like, don't, you're not, you're not kind of easing your way. Uh, against playing against great players in the postseason, no matter what the situation is, no matter on any given year. So on a year like this year, with seriously, where you played against Pitt, you played against Carolina, you played against um, you played against Tampa. That's crazy. It's like yeah, like I mentioned, the years when the Rangers were playing Washington seemed like all the time. <laughs> you saw a lot of those young guys flourish, right, at the time in those postseasons, and while they were cutting their teeth. And I think it was the same thing this year seeing them play live against Tampa. I saw them play live against Carolina. I saw them play live against Pitt. And those guys weren't shy. They wanted the puck. They asserted themselves. They were able to shield guys off and box guys out, hold the puck. They would down low switches, cycle, back check with speed. You saw some big hits from Lafreniere. Like, I was impressed. So to me, if I'm those guys, I'm watching those videos all day long in the summer and saying, okay, this is an element of my game, this is an element of my game, this is an element of our game that we played together as a line, and these things made us successful. Let's uh, let's replicate some of these things and work even harder on some of those things and, and put those into our game this year and maybe learn from some things that we have room for improvement on. It was almost like a, a, like a complete 180 from where they were at in the regular season. Sometimes they were oh. a little bit shy, and then as soon as puck drop of game one and against the Penguins, it was just... You know, I'm going to go and hit you. I'm going to hit this oh. guy. I'm going to get in on the four check. We're yep. going to set something up, make something happen. And it was nice to see. So maybe that's, again, that's maybe that's something that the that Ranger fans have to look forward to for this season. Yep. And also, was- you you had mentioned, you brought up, you broke the news. Sorry, you broke the news that Jacob Trouba was going to be the next captain of the Rangers. Yes. Last time the Rangers had a captain was Ryan McDonough in 2018 before they traded him to the Lightning. So... What do you think of that that decision? Do you think that was do you think that's a like an, a a standout decision that this is going to make a huge difference for them? Let me say this. I don't think that there's it's an indictment. It's not an indictment of Crides. I see a lot of people talking. It's not an indictment of Panarin or Foxy or anybody else or Mika for that matter, who I love too. I don't think it's an indictment of any of those guys. I feel like based on and knowing Gerard Gallant, how he wants his teams to play. Jacob Truba plays a game that's in line with how Jared Gallant wants a team to play. It's not at, again, Mika's been money on Broadway. I remember when they traded for him. I remember speaking to the late, great Brian Murray, who was my original GM that gave me a shot in the league, bless his soul, who was with Ottawa, who drafted him. I remember what he told me about Mika, what he could become. We've seen that on Broadway. You know, I, you see what Crides has evolved into. You see what... Uh, you know what Panarin already was, and he's electrified on Broadway. You see what Foxy's become, Norris Trophy winner, and, of course, Igor. All that to say, I feel if there's a guy that typifies the way Gerard Gallant wants his teams to play with jam, <clears throat> pardon me, with sandpaper, with more grit, jamming guys up in front of the net, riding guys into the glass, big open night hits, he's that guy. And as well, he's been a really good uh, now veteran guy and a mentor to a lot of the young players. 
you look at Keandre Miller, his ceiling is literally the top of the Empire State Building and what he can <laughs> evolve into as a player. But a lot of that development has come side to side, shoulder to shoulder on that pairing with Jacob Truba, who's done an amazing job with and for him and a great compliment to, to Keandre Miller. So if you want, here's the one thing about New York, and this is what a lot of people get wrong. Even a lot of New Yorkers sometimes get this wrong because we're so accustomed to seeing all the stars. Harrison Ford's here, Jamie Foxx is here, Chris Rock, Tom Cruise, all these people, this, 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 all these, um, the late, great Kobe playing, bronze at the garden, whoever else it is, Jordan. Like We're so used to seeing all of that stuff, but we sometimes lose sight of the fact that the biggest part about New York is blue collar. Let's not lose sight of that, huh? Like, and that's why when I say the blue shirts, it, 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 hey, we know there's a lot of corporate as well. Don't get me wrong. No, and a lot of them work hard, but New York, it, it, it's it's all about grind and delivery and the guts and the jam and, you know, the tenacity, the, the fortitude to do it. It's Nothing's easy about living in New York. You can't get around easy. You can't get to places easy. You, you don't get success easily. People are not celebrating. You got to earn that. Did you people not watch the captain with, with with the great Derek Jeter? Like it's all about that grind every day. And he's somebody that typifies that in his own way, in a way that kind of meshes with the vision of the team. So it's not an indictment to those other guys. Those other guys are great candidates too. But I thought right from the outset when when I got the information, number one, I knew a hungry ranger fans were for the information <laughs> and i could tell you it was, it was about 1.5 almost 1.6 million impressions on that on that tweet that i had and breaking that news it i think he's the right guy at the right time for where the rangers are <clears throat> pardon me and where they're going as a club that's my thought and their style of play under jared Gallant because they're a lot harder to play against i think quinny did some really good things with the rangers pardon me, he had some of these young players take some strides. No question about it. Uh, whether it was Mika becoming what he became, Crides was starting to, to, to foxy like that. But I feel Jurgalan at this time and knowing him, he wants a team that's hard to play against. He just doesn't want it to be all skill, skill. He wants there to be a lot of jam and a lot of will kind of infused in that. So I think Troops is, is a really good choice in that respect. I think the Rangers, I'll agree with you on that. And I think the Rangers have become a more well-balanced team throughout the lineup. Adding Vinny Trocek to, oh, yeah. to the second line center position seems yeah. like a really good move. Yeah, and he plays hard too. And, and there's familiarity with them. Obviously, Gerard Gallant, Turk had him uh, down in Florida, if I'm not mistaken. So, so, so Vinny Trocek is a guy, you know, he plays really hard. He's still skilled, but he's got a good work rate. He played for my man, Roddy Brindamore, who's an amazing coach in his own right as well down there in Carolina, coach of the year two years ago, Jack Adams winner. You can't play with, be around Roddy if you're not on point. And and Trocek really played very well there. He regained his health, regained his touch in his game. Pardon me. And I feel like he's the type of player that they need in that mold and that identity right now going forward. Now, I'm not saying this at the expense of any skill. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bang the drum again and saying, I don't know how they create the cap room. But ultimately, I, I don't see how Patrick Kane doesn't become a New York Ranger. Just for me, I'm just saying, this is me. I'm not saying it's breaking news. Don't come back and you're watching this right now in Rockwood. Weeks, weeks, man, you said that he was going to rain. No, no, no. I'm just telling you, as a fit for where they are now, yeah. in my vision for their club, I think he's a nice fit as arguably the greatest American player that's going to go down in history for American-born player. 
I think he I already know his connection with Panarin. They were the best line in the league. Him and another former Ranger, Artie Anisimov, and Pat Kane and Panarin were the best line in the league. And his ability to generate offense like Panarin's as non-centers that aren't center icemen, but they can generate you know offense like centers. There's only about five or six wingers that can do that. So I think Patty Kane, I know he's a Buffalo guy, but still New York State, still in the Empire State. I, I think Patty Kane would be a great fit for them if they can make it work. Yeah, I think the a lot of people kind of wrote that off as soon as they they signed uh, Trocheck because of the right. cap space. But it, I mean, if you add Kane and just think of a line of Panarin, Trocheck, and Kane, you have Trocheck that that's a really good two way forward. Yeah. Panarin is good in his own zone as well, and then Kane brings all the offense. That yeah. would be a nice combination. But again, the cap space is just a huge question for not just the Rangers, but I mean, a lot of teams face that issue too. But now, yeah. so now, now more so than ever, uh, creating that room. The Rangers also have to think about Lafreniere and Keandre Miller contract extensions next offseason too. For sure, but you know what? That's why, to me, it's all about creativity, right? And and I know I know that those roles are are difficult, and there's so many things to balance, especially for a team like the Rangers that is so well funded and so well capitalized from Mr. Dolan and family that they would be able to. You know, they're almost restricted by the salary cap, unfortunately. Right, because they have the financial resources and they have the backing financially to to have a hundred million dollar cap if that was allowed, right? But uh, all that to say, sometimes you just have to get creative because it is it is a challenge. And Chris Drury's done a really nice job there, and you know, he was one of the finalists for GM of the year. So congrats to Drew on that. But sometimes you got got to get creative, whether it's the Rangers or any other club. You got to engineer deals. You look at Calgary. And, and what happened in the massive departures to two franchise pillars in Johnny Hockey and, and Matty Kachuk, and two great players, two multi-all-stars. But you got to get creative. You couldn't sit there and cry. You, you went out and you acquired Huberto in that, and that's massive too. He's an amazing player. He's a top 10 player in the world, maybe last season a top four player in the world. And then uh, you also bring in Mackenzie Weger, who was a two alongside Aaron Ekblad. When Ekblad was injured, he became a one. And then, of course... You, uh, you, you you look at that team and you look at all the moves they made and it would have been very easy for Calgary to kind of be like, oh, well, the cap, well, it's hard. Well, we don't know what we're going to do. We're not sure. We don't know. And and yet still here they are and, and they've got a really, they've made some really good moves. So that's why I talk about the creativity. Sometimes you got to get creative to make some of those moves, but um, I'm curious to see. I think Patty Kane to the Rangers would be an amazing story, an amazing fit, great off the ice, great on the ice for their for their team where they are now and give them that piece that could maybe put them over the edge but we'll see you never know how things go man there's also injuries then whether they're short term or whether you have LTIR does that create some cap space if you you have the benefit of course that unfortunately for any player that's injured but from a financial cap standpoint benefit of having LTIR dollars available there's a lot of those different considerations Mm-hmm. So do you think like Chris Jury is actively trying to do that? Or is this just something that you think would make sense for the Rangers? I won't speak for Drew, but I do know that I do know that there's certainly been interest there uh, from the Rangers. I don't want to characterize it because then everybody's going to be looking for it to happen. <laughs> tomorrow. But I, I do know that there's interest there. And listen, man, Chris Drury played in the league a long time. He had an excellent career. He won. He played with great players in Colorado. You know, he was with the Rangers. He's a captain who's with Buffalo. There are other really good players in Buffalo. It's not lost on him what, what Patrick Kane means to the league and, and what he could be 
you know, what he's meant to the Hawks, of course, what he's meant to the sport, but also a fellow American-born player and, and what he could potentially mean to the Rangers if, and that's a big caveat, if they were, they were able to, uh, to make it happen. I think the Rangers would have the assets to to make a move for that, just the, the cap space, like you said, and the yep. creativity. Yep. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for, for doing this with me. Yeah, you're welcome. Comes to the end. Um, let's circle back here. So, you know, New World Pizza, we're going to have to ship you a pizza. I'll get you a shirt, an ice cold take shirt. There's only one of these, belongs to me, but I will create a shirt for you. I'll send it over to you. I had people making memes, like trying to – to get you to respond, to get you on the show. Yeah, you got, so, you, you had a lot of support, bro. You had a lot of support in that area. I did, good. I did. Good and I'm, thanked them. It's good that you thanked them off the top because they went to bat for you, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I, I I will never forget what, what, you know, my not only the, the Old City Sports Network did for me, like Jesse did, all my fans too yeah. that just, you know, the, my, my listeners that, you know, constantly constant support and feedback and this is good we want you to do this this is great we love this keep doing you it's just Thank it's you. uh it's 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 surreal i guess and to get to this moment here and now i'm about to start i'm about to start my master's program in sports journalism well you go for, go yeah. get make it happen thanks to yep. everybody thanks to all your listeners and all the fans that that have tuned in and that will tune in thanks to all the ranger fans all the blue shirts faithful in Metro New York and around the world, because as you know, Ranger fans are everywhere, literally everywhere. Uh, I've seen Rangers memorabilia on any trip that we've gone on or most trips that we've gone on, whether it's Paris, London, anywhere. So uh, Italy, you name it. So uh, thanks to all the Ranger fans. Thanks to all the NHL fans. Thanks to everybody that watches us on the NHL Network and on ESPN and on all platforms. And thanks to all you fans. Uh, that And congrats to you on your ice cold takes. I love your persistence, the fact that you're hungry, you're going for your your masters in that, that sports uh, journalism. Good for you, man. Go get that and uh, continue to stay hungry, man. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. And also thanks you fans for tuning in and, and watching any of uh, our social media stuff, my social media breaking news on Twitter at Kevin weeks. And you can follow me on IG at Kev, just K E V weeks on IG. Got a bunch of maybe a little more personal stuff on there, but also some, some hockey info on there too. So, Thanks so much for having me, my man. God bless and keep it rolling. Don't stop. Don't get your stomach full at one one good show. You know what I'm saying? You got to do this tomorrow, the day after. The, these hockey fans, especially New Yorkers, they demand greatness. So you got to keep it going. Yes, sir. And with that, we'll wrap up this week's episode of the Ice Cold Takes Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Bless. Thank you. Hey, Rangers fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes Podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.